Pittsburgh Steelers' first preseason game of the season started the hype train rolling for several players. In week two, some of those players' hype train tickets got checked. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. Today we're going to look at the second preseason game, and we're going to look at some players who were very good in the first game, who built a lot of hype and got a lot of people talking about them in that game. And we're going to look at how they did in this second game and what we can learn from it. We're going to do the offense this first half of the show, and then on the second half of the show, we'll cover the defense. I want to start by reminding everyone of my rules for evaluating preseason performance. And it it goes into the regular season, but mostly in the preseason and in training camp. I look for my, my three R's, rank, role, and results. Where are you on the Steelers' depth chart? What are the Steelers looking for you for from you? What way are they playing you? You know, what's your job when you're in there? What are they looking for from you? And lastly, results. So let's start with the Steelers' number one, my opinion, number one hype train. That is Kenny Pickett. First round pick quarterbacks, always massive hype. He came in the first game, led the Steelers to a touchdown drive on his first appearance. His first drive as a Pittsburgh Steeler was a touchdown. Game-winning drive to end the game. Kenny Pickett in this game played two drives. The first drive was kind of wrecked by a by some penalties. He gained yards on every play. Like you've got positive gains every play. Easily would have been uh, a first down and a new set of downs and, and an extended drive without the penalty can't can't knock him too much for that. The there was a lot of sloppiness, a lot of penalties in this game. The second drive, he leads him downfield, overcoming multiple penalties to score a touchdown. Kenny Pickett's hype train, he's riding first class. He is he is riding first class. He's sipping champagne. He's got plenty of leg room. The Steelers didn't need to see much from Kenny Pickett in this game. And he showed them everything they needed to see. And so they let him sit. They're like, yeah, there's there's no reason to roll him out there in the second half. They gave Mason Rudolph the entire second half to play. What Kenny Pickett showed in his two drives in preseason game number two is the same thing he showed in the first game. Although I think he did it, in my opinion, with more poise, uh, with more professionalism. He looked more like an NFL quarterback in this game than he even did in the first game. He read the defense. He felt the rush. He felt his spacing and timing. He threw passes in rhythm. He threw uh, yak balls, which is is simply uh, yards after catch is is yak. A pass that sets the player up to gain more yards. You're leading them open. You're leading them into space. You're putting them in a position to get more yards. Kenny Pickett throws his receivers open. Uh, I'm I'm looking to do a film room on this this week, uh, so I won't go too far into it because it's hard to explain over audio. But he he is a NFL quarterback. This is the kind of quarterback, you know, that Tom Brady kind of paved the way for. 
a guy who's going to manage the game by reading the defense, finding the right receiver, and throwing them a good, safe pass. That's what Kenny Pickett is doing here. He, he's looking like a, a poor man's Tom Brady from Tom Brady's early, early career. I, I, I am not making that comparison as a, you know, Kenny Pickett is going to become the greatest quarterback, the most successful quarterback the NFL has ever seen. I'm not making that comparison. What I'm saying is he's in that mold. So, yeah, he's not making these great downfield throws. He's not scrambling around and making huge plays like we saw from Ben Roethlisberger through his career. Kenny Pickett isn't that guy. And if he's going to have success early on, I I think you're going to see it like you did with a Tom Brady early on in his career where a team didn't really need him to do much but find the right receiver and get him the ball. And Kenny Pickett is doing that. He's doing that right now. He's doing that with guys in his face. There's plays where he is making multiple reads in very short order, getting the ball out under pressure. And not only is the ball on target, it's leading his receiver away from pressure and setting them up for extra yards. The execution we're seeing from Kenny Pickett is incredibly high level. Caveats abound here. It's preseason. Defenses run more vanilla schemes. Kenny Pickett is picking apart vanilla NFL defense. But when they throw some blitzes at him, he's not thrown off. Pressure doesn't throw him off. So I, I still don't think he's your he's your number one quarterback at all. I don't think he's ready to start in the NFL. Uh, but I think... I don't think he's going to be on that bench very long. I really don't. Second on our hype train from week one, uh, George Pickens. You may argue that that he was higher than Pickett in week one. That's that's a fair argument, but he's not the first-round pick. He's not Kenny Pickett. He's not quarterback. George Pickens, George Pickens got his ticket checked, and he got sent back to business class. Not saying he's not good. He's not getting sent down to coach. He's not getting kicked off the hype train, right? He got sent back to business class. George Pickens was drawing coverage in this game, and he's a rookie. There there were snaps where Chase Claypool was open. There was specifically one snap I'm thinking of where Chase Claypool was open because the other team was paying attention to George Pickens over Chase Claypool. That's going to that's going to happen. Right, they're gonna you, you find the open receiver. If they're playing paying attention to a rookie, he, he, other guys are gonna be open. It's also what happens when you're drawing attention to yourself and you're drawing better defense, and you are the third best route running wide receiver on the field. When George Pickens was the only when, when George Pickens was the number one receiver, right, and number two was Gunnar Olszewski. George Pickens was the best receiver out there. So even when he wasn't running the crispest routes, it didn't matter. You threw him the ball because that was your chance. To, that was your chance. That was your guy, right? That's what you have. This is the guy you have. Throw him the ball. When you've got Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool out there and Pickens is drawing legit coverage, those other guys are going to get open better than George Pickens because they're veterans. They know what they're doing. They've had multiple seasons in the NFL learning how to get open in the NFL. George Pickens is a rookie in his second preseason game. George Pickens is back to business class. A little reality check on the hype train. This is your number three receiver, guys. Connor Hayward. 
I huge fan of Connor Hayward. Loved his first game. Loved his usage. Connor Hayward had a bit of a reality check too. I, I'm going to say, you know, he, he stayed business class, but he you could even call this back to coach, getting sent back to coach because he didn't play at all in the first half. He didn't play in the first drive of the second half. He is not competing for a number two tight end spot here. He's not pushing Zach Gentry. I think he's safe at number three. You look, they, the team looked at Kevin Rader, Rader ahead of him in preseason number two. Uh, but Connor Hayward by far leads the team in snaps by a tight end. I think the Steelers playing Raider and even Jay Sternberger ahead of Connor Hayward in this game was more about seeing what they have in those guys. Connor Hayward got to be the number one tight end, number two tight end, the move tight end, the H-back. He played all of that in the first game. They played him a ton of snaps. They played him far fewer snaps. He still by far leads all tight ends in snaps for the preseason so far. For me, I think he's locked up the number three tight end spot. I honestly think Connor Hayward has it pretty well locked up. Like there's still, he would have to like fall apart at practice and just forget how to play football kind of thing in order to, in order to lose that spot or Kevin Rader or Jay Sternberger suddenly become a player. They have never been before to take it from him. Connor Hayward is currently competing against himself to be the best number three tight end. He can be when the team calls on him to try and earn whatever he can in that situation, in those, in those sets. Steelers do play a third tight end. You get snaps as a third tight end, uh, but not a lot. And and that's where Connor Hayward is. That's the reality check for Connor Hayward. He's going to make this roster. He's going to get some snaps. But he's not going to be what we saw in the first game. He's not that guy when the season starts. We go to... We move on to Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren got upgraded to business class. Right. His hype trade is now in the business class department. He moved up to right behind Benny Snell in the running back rotation for this game. No running backs had any success in this game. We'll talk about that in a minute. Jalen Warren leads all running backs in snaps, had a ton of snaps in this game. He has the most pass blocking reps of any running back on the Steelers this preseason. Jalen Warren is in the business class section. He is in that earning a role, earning a spot. He is in a legit competition here for backup running back. I I, I don't, it's hard to tell where players are. Uh, I think Benny Snell is still a lock. He is still showing his value in special teams every week. Uh, Week one, week two, both of them made plays on special teams. He's he's probably a lock, practically a lock. Benny Snell, it's going to be really hard to knock him off with how he plays on special teams. I think Jalen Warren is up there because they want to see if he's worth supplanting Benny Snell as a number two running back. I think he is. Benny Snell squandered opportunities in this game. He, he does not look good. He doesn't look any better than he ever has. His vision is terrible, and he's not fast. It, that's not a good combination. Speaking of... The running game. Let's move on to the offensive line. 
I want to start with Chakuma or Korafor, James Daniels, and Mason Cole. All three of those players have the exact same number of snaps played. Not one of them is in a competition for their job. They are all, there's no hype train on these guys, really. It's, it's been bad, but they are sitting firmly in business class. They are starters on this team. Steelers aren't worried about them. Fans might be. Steelers have more insight into what's going on with these players. Uh, Pat Meyer, Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada don't appear to be worried about them. They're playing them starter snaps, and that's it. The other side of the line, Dan Moore Jr. is getting a lot of snaps. He is leading off the off, well, not leading all offensive linemen. Uh, that would be John LeGlue, but he is leading the starters in snaps. And only John LeGlue has more snaps than Dan Moore Jr. Only John LeGlue has more snaps than Dan Moore Jr. They want to see growth out of Dan Moore Jr. They want this to be that season, and they're building it. They're working on it. They This is a guy they're sitting here looking at and say, he needs this work. They're not saying that about James Daniel. They're not saying that about Mason Cole. They're not saying that about Chukwuma Korafor. They aren't looking at them and saying they need more work. Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, they're in a competition for a job. It's a legit competition. Weirdest thing. From from preseason game two, weirdest weirdest thing I've got. The first half, and going into the the early second half, the left guard position battle was being rotated around Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. It's it's crazy to me, right? Uh, Dotson only got two of the drives. On those two drives he played, the Steelers ran eight plays. They gained a total of 14 yards and gave up the only sack that they gave up was with Dotson on the field. It wasn't his sack. It was actually Dan Moore Jr. But they gave it up when Dotson was on the field. Kendrick Green, who played far worse. You can see lots of clips of him with terrible, terrible plays. You can see in his 15 plays, he had three drives, 15 plays, you can see the quarterback is under constant pressure. There's more offensive line penalties. The run game is absolutely doing nothing when Kendrick Green was in there. And yet, the Steelers gained 102 yards. And the opening drive with the missed field goal and the later touchdown drive were both with Kendrick Green playing left guard. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I will say Kenny Pickett did not get to play with Kevin Dotson. Both those drives were Kendrick Green, uh, which should tell you something as well. It sounds like the way it's looking, I think Kendrick Green is winning this competition right now, which is bizarre to me because when you look at their individual play, it looks like Dotson is so much better. And yet... Trubisky, if you if you remember Trubisky breaking the pocket, running, breaking tackles, getting out and making plays, running for running the ball, that's all with Kendra Green. When Kevin Dotson is in, the pocket's better, and the Steelers don't do anything. I don't, I don't know what to say. It didn't make 
any sense to me at all. So take that for what it's worth. Sometimes, sometimes football doesn't make sense. Sometimes a player can just look flat out better and it doesn't matter. I don't know. The offensive line situation, all I can tell you is Daniels, Cole, and Okorafor, the Steelers, are playing them like they have. They are entrenched starters that they are not worried about. The Steelers are investing tons of snaps in Dan Moore Jr., getting him lots of repetition. And I have no clue what's going on with this left guard competition because as much as Dotson looks like he should be winning it, the Steelers have better results when Kendrick Green is on the field. And that makes no sense to me at all. All right, that's our first half of the show. Uh, Second half of the show, we're going to talk about the defense, things that make a little more sense to me. Uh, But stay tuned. We're going to go for a quick break, and then I will be back to talk about the defense. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're just finished preseason week two. We have preseason week three. We have a week off. And the regular season starts. We are two Sundays away. Two Sundays without regular season football. And the regular season is here. As we build towards that, as we're talking 53-man roster, Redmond, Isaac Redmond Award hype, all the stuff that happens right before the start of the season and as the season starts, man, don't miss out. Be a part of it. Uh, make sure you're checking out the website, reading the articles. I'm having a great time. I, I've put together so many film rooms the last you know, week and a half, and I've got more planned this week. It's, it's so exciting to me just to have new film to break down that I'm going crazy on it. Uh, and and you're going you're gonna to see that as the season goes on. We're going to have film rooms. We're going to cover the games. where We have more to cover, so there's more to see there. Uh, make sure you're checking out the website. Make sure you're listening to your podcasts. Follow us as we follow the Steelers with you. All right. First half of this show, we talked about the offense. Second half, we're going to get into the defense. I want to start with the third round draft pick, DeMarvin Leal. DeMarvin Leal is showing his growth curve. He is showing his growth curve. He's very aggressive. He's he's making splash but there's also times where that aggression gets turned against him. You'll see him get overly forward in his rush and get pancaked. Uh, you've He got exposed on a screen or two in this past game where he was rushing upfield hard, and then all of a sudden the ball's behind him. He has the most snaps of anyone on the defensive line. When we're talking about his role, how much he's playing, he is 
the most snaps. He has played more than anyone else through two preseason games. The Steelers want that growth curve. They want to accelerate that growth curve. Right now, looking at him in week two, I expect this guy to rotate in a couple half drives uh, early in the season and pick up more time as the season goes on. Times where he can be aggressive, times where he can just put his head down and rush the passer kind of situations. I I think you'll see him in. In the first game, he showed more containment. He was the focus of more double teams. He was running, defending more. This game, he was attacking more. We saw him in the backfield more, but we also saw him get burned for it more often. I want to real quick go through the rank of the defensive line from this game. Obviously, Cameron Hayward is the number one defensive lineman. Not, just, just accept that, right? We all know that, uh, but we're just... He didn't play this game, so we're going to look at the guys behind him. The first line on the defensive line was Tyson Alualu and Ogunjobi. Larry Ogunjobi, Tyson Alualu. They got a decent bit of snaps because they didn't play in week one, so they got a decent bit of time in this game. When they went to a three defensive lineman alignment, Tyson Alualu was the nose tackle. Chris Wormley came in as the number two defensive end. In the season you're more likely to see Hayward Ogunjobi with Aluwalu coming in at nose tackle. Uh, maybe a better a rotation with Aluwalu and Ogunjobi. I don't know. But Wormley was the guy coming off the bench to make that three-man set. Uh, to speak on the defensive line, especially the run defense, Tyson Aluwalu had a rough first game back. He did. He got pushed around. He got, he got knocked on the ground. He got taken to the ground a few times. Just not what we're used to seeing from him. Uh, it's his first game back. It's preseason. We'll see how that develops, but that is something to watch. He was not his, you, the, the uh, Tyson Aluwalu we remember in this preseason game. It's preseason. He's a veteran. We'll see. The second string line. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, one more thought on that first line. Aluwalu wasn't the best in run defense. Ogunjobi was really good. He was very, very solid defensive lineman out there. Wasn't getting pushed around, was was getting some some pressure, was getting some push. Mostly it was just big. Big holding his ground. What you expect. Those two are both back from injury, right? These guys are both people who have returned from injury. So that's a big deal. We gotta see how they how they develop here. They might even start the regular season slow. We don't know. Chris Wormley, when he came in, had some good plays, but again. Chris Wormley's good plays may outnumber his bad. His bad may not, there may not be as many bad plays as some of the other defensive linemen, but man, when Chris Wormley gets beat in the run game, he gets destroyed. Like you're just, so many times you see a, a seven yard or longer run going on. The first thing I do is I look for number 95. I'm like, yep, Wormley's got to be out there. And, and almost always he is. Almost always you can find number 95. Anytime the other team breaks off a longer run. So that, that's my thing on Wormley. Other than that, he's good. He's really good, except for the plays where he gets absolutely blown out of run lanes. The second lineup was DeMarvin Leal, Chris Wormley, and Henry Mondo. With uh, Henry Mondo and Wormley alternating next to Leal uh, in the two-man, two defensive tackle sets, the four-man fronts. 
And when they went to three-man fronts, the three of them were out there with Henry Mundo as the nose tackle. We did see Isaiah Loudermilk out there a little bit. We did see Loudermilk out there a little bit, not as much as week one. After behind them were the Davis twins, uh, Khalil and Carlos. But if you look right there at who's playing, right? Alualu, Ogunjobi, Wormley, Leal, Loudermilk, and Mondo. That's six. You got two guys who aren't playing right now. Cameron Hayward and Montrevious Adams. So that's eight. If we look at that, we're looking at eight players. Henry Mondo always gets tons of snaps in preseason. The Steelers are like, yeah, but you're not you're not going to make this 53-man roster. I don't understand why they do it, but they play him a lot. Uh, they play him ahead of a lot of players who will who often make the team ahead of him. Uh, he was on the field with Leal, and before Loudermilk, Mondo was like the fourth defensive lineman out there. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I still think, you know, out of those six that, that played a lot this game, uh, Henry Mondo is probably the one who doesn't make it. Probably goes to the practice squad, and you see uh, Montrevious Adams and Cameron Hayward and those other five make it, and we keep seven. That's what I think is going to happen here right now. Uh, I'm not going to go away from that anytime soon unless an injury happens. Second defender I want to talk about is Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson's hype train is getting moved up to business class. He was definitely riding coach. He moved up to business class. Mark Robinson moved up to the number four inside linebacker spot in this game. When Jack came out, Spillane, when Jack or Bush came out, Spillane went in for them. Mark Robinson followed Robert Spillane onto the field. And it was Spillane Robinson as the second inside linebacker, like the second line inside linebackers. Mark Robinson leads all inside linebackers in snaps played. Notice the trend here. This matters. When you look at the players at their positions who are leading in snaps, we're talking Connor Hayward leads all tight ends. Jalen Warren leads all running backs. Dan Moore Jr., is uh, only behind John LeGlue, but not by much. Of all the players who are, who are likely to get legit playing time, he's right there. Number number you know number one in snaps among starters. DeMarvin Leal leads all defensive linemen. Mark Robinson leads all inside linebackers. I should tell you these are the guys the Steelers really want to see develop. These are these are guys beyond just you know, we, you're going to play because we don't have other people. These are the guys the Steelers are looking at and want to see this growth. Now, I've heard people touting Mark Robinson as being a starter, right? That he is, he, that, that maybe this hype train needs to be moved up to Mark Robinson first class, not business class. But no, no, <laughs> no. We're going to go with a no on that one. Uh, let me start with this. Devin Bush and Miles Jack have played roughly the same amount of snaps so far this preseason. Roughly the same amount. Think of the offensive line situation. You know, the three guys who are pretty much locks to start, they all played the same number of snaps. Jack and Bush have played roughly the same number of snaps. 
while you can knock Bush all you want, especially for his run defense, uh, that first game was awful across the board, just absolutely awful. He was better in the second game, but that's like that's like you put out the dumpster fire, right? You poured some water on the dumpster and put out the fire. Like <laughs> that's 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 all it would take to for Bush to improve. But I actually think he was significantly better this game. Still not good enough. Still not where you want him to be. But with that, something that stands out in the preseason game film is the minute Robert Spillane or Mark Robinson come on that field for either Bush or Miles Jack, the linebackers start getting targeted in man defense. They don't go after Miles Jack. They don't go after Devin Bush. When Robert Spillane steps on the field, they're going after him. When Mark Robinson goes on the field, they go after him. They don't go after Bush or Jack. And as much as Steelers football in the past has been run the ball, stop the run, run defense doesn't correlate to wins. Just seriously. In the NFL that Roger Goodell has built, with the rules protecting quarterbacks and wide receivers, the rules limiting what defenses can do and how they can be hit. In Roger Goodell's NFL, built by those rules, run defense doesn't correlate to wins. Your inside linebacker's ability to cover is so much more important than their ability to stop the run. Drastically more important. The Steelers' defense was one of the worst defenses last year, defending the run. Fourth worst, I believe, in defending the run. And yet that defense carried them to a playoff berth. And in the wild card game, went six drives without allowing the Kansas City Chiefs to score, something no one has done in years to the Chiefs. And I think it's only been done uh, once in the Patrick Mahomes era that they have started a game with six drives to not without scoring. And the Steelers not only held them scoreless, they scored a touchdown. That defense carried them to the playoffs, and they were the fourth worst run defense in the NFL. Run defense does not correlate to wins in Roger Goodell's NFL. In 2021 and 2022, go back to 2018. Well, they had two run stoppers at, def- at inside linebacker and just got torched constantly. Devin Bush is going to start because Devin Bush is your second best coverage linebacker. And he's not far behind Miles Jack. Not far at all. When we look at Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson looks fantastic out there. He shoots gaps. He gets to running backs. Man, his run defense is top notch. He still, he is still a little slow in coverage to react and read. He just doesn't have the amount of snaps he needs to have in coverage. He doesn't have it. He's he's, and you can't really put him out there and play him significant snaps if he can't if he's going to get taken advantage of. He's he's not going to get those snaps in coverage because he's not good enough yet. He's got to improve before he can get on the field and get real valuable experience. 
One of the reasons they're playing him so much in preseason, they want him to get that experience. He's not going to start. Robert Splane's not going to start. Uh, Devin Bush is going to start because the Steelers have basically two cover linebackers on their roster and Devin Bush is one of them. He's going to start. Just want to throw that out there. Robinson, what we're hoping for, for Mark Robinson is that he gets to the point where he is serviceable enough in coverage that he can actually play snaps. And we're talking that we're talking in late career Vince Williams, right? That's what we need. When you think about Mark Robinson, when you're listening to me right now and you're saying this is crap, Devin Bush stinks, we need to play Mark Robinson. I want you to think back to 2013 when a promising, aggressive, young, big hitter who read defenses and blew up run games by the name of Vince Williams was a rookie and was thrust into the starting lineup next to Lawrence Timmons. And this is Lawrence Timmons in his prime. 2013, Lawrence Timmons is in the middle of his prime. The next year, he'd be an all-pro uh, pro bowler with a slightly less good season than he had in 2013. But when they put Vince Williams out there next to Lawrence Timmons for 11 games because of injuries, it was bad. Other teams just constantly went after Vince Williams in the passing game. You cannot float a guy out there and say, well... He's a liability in coverage, but we'll make do. You will get attacked. Constantly. It happened in 2013. It took several years. 2017 was the next time Vince Williams was, was a starter. And by then he had improved in coverage to the point that the Steelers could trust him to be their weak link in coverage and not just constantly be attacked. I'm excited about about Mark Robinson. He's he has supplanted Connor Hayward as my favorite for the Redmond Award this season. Uh, I think he's got it almost entirely locked up at this point. All he has to do is have another game like he just had, or even like his first game, and I think he wins it. Uh, he has been that good and that flashy, but he's looking good when he's playing aggressively against vanilla offenses. And when he's in very, very simple coverage, and even then he can be attacked. Mark Robinson, sit in business class. He's going to make this roster, but he is your number four linebacker. At best. Last thing I want to cover before we go here is the defense. The Terrell Austin, Brian Flores, Mike Tomlin defense. I'm going to call it that because it's clear all three player, all three people are involved. Brian Flores is not just coaching linebackers. Uh, Terrell Austin isn't running this whole thing himself. And Mike Tomlin always has a hand in. So it's the Austin Flores-Tomlin defense. Ooh, we could call it the Floral... I just thought of this. We could call it the Flores-Austin-Tomlin defense and call it the Fat defense. <laughs> nope. Never mind. We're not, we're not doing that. Or we could do the ATF. You know? I don't know. We make an acronym up. I'll work on that when we're not live. <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. All right. So, anyways, when this Steelers defense is playing their vanilla schemes, you see players get exploited. You see Chris Wormley get blown up in run defense. You see uh, Robert Splane get attacked in man coverage. You see Trevor Lawrence uh, tearing up the, cutting the defense up with zone beater routes against basic cover two zone, right? You're running a cover two beater against cover two zone. Everyone knows 
how to beat cover two zone that's vanilla. When you telegraph it on the field and then you play it, you're going to get destroyed by cover two beaters. They were doing that for Lawrence, uh, for Trevor Lawrence, and he was carving them up. He he is a good quarterback. He's going to do it. He's, he's going to be a really good quarterback from what he showed in that game. But I want you to think back, and I want you to, especially as we go into next week's game, this last game, I want you to know this, the different results when the Steelers go away from that vanilla coverage and that four-man rush and blitz the linebacker or put a safety way up in the box, blitz that safety, put him up on the line, something un- non-traditional, right? Non-vanilla. I want you to think of the Minka Fitzpatrick blitz where Trevor Lawrence ran a play action and had to just chuck the ball away because Minka Fitzpatrick was in his face. I want you to think of Terrell Edmonds making run stops, being heavily involved in the run defense when the run defense was working, and then when he went back to cover two and was back there, it wasn't. When the Steelers' safeties were doing Brian Flores, say that with air quotes, Brian Flores things, when they're up on the line of scrimmage, when they're blitzing, when they're doing these things, the defense looks very different. Then when they're out there running base cover two or base man defense, just vanilla defenses, it looks very different. And that's what people need to realize about this defense is the the hype for this defense might not be building because people are judging them by the vanilla defense that is out there to simply to say, hey, how does Robert Spillane do when he has to cover a good receiving tight end one-on-one? How good does Robert Spillane do when he has to cover Travis Etienne on a pass route? How good is Mark Robinson in, you know, cover three zone when he has to take a full quarter of the field? When they're looking at these things and they're not trying to hide it from the offense, they're going to get beat. But that they don't care. They're not out here to win preseason games. They're out here to check these players out and see how they play. So the hype for this defense might not be building, but when you look at when they throw in a bit of flair, a bit of non-vanilla-ness, how well this defense plays, there's a lot of hope here for this defense. In my opinion, I see a lot of good stuff out there. I see a defense that has the tools and has the scheme to put away third downs to turn a second and 10 into a third and 10 and end drives to make some splash plays. They're going to give up plays. Uh, Another thing that's overrated in the current NFL is the every blade of grass defense. It's highly overrated in the current NFL. The, The rules are so schemed towards offense. How you win in the current NFL on defense is you make a play on first down. You get an incomplete pass on first down when it's second and 10 Now you run a play to make a play, right? Now you work a scheme, you do something, make that play, get to third and 10, get to third and 15, get a sack, get something where now they're they're behind the sticks and you can say, okay, it's third and 15. You can have up to 10 yards. We'll give you a play of eight yards. We'll just give that to you because then it's fourth and seven and you're punting, but you're not getting anything longer than that. That is what this defense is being built towards. 
And when they show a little bit more than their vanilla defense, I think they're a defense that can pull it off. That is my show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you'll join me in week preseason week three as we watch the hype trains, as we watch the players. We, we watch all of this, get ready for the 53-man rosters and the Isaac Redman Awards and all the crazy stuff that comes when the Steelers get to cut downs to the 53-man roster not that far away. Stay with us. Stay with Behind the Steel Curtain. Keep joining us for more discussion on the website and on podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, show. And as always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers.